Hello and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 63. Let's roll. And we are rolling into the, the home stretch of the regular season of fantasy football leagues. I mean, you know, obviously DFS is a, is a weekly thing, but, you know, these, these dynasty leagues, these uh, redraft leagues, I mean, you basically know you're in, you're out. There's definitely some bubble, bubble teams, and, oh, my God, it's a great time of year. But in real football, also kind of a different kind of home stretch. November, December is always that, you know, winners win in November, December. You know, those, those New England Patriot teams I've always cheered for. It's like, you know, they'd sometimes be three and three, but then come this time of year, they'd start and go on a roll. And sure enough, I look up, and my New England Patriots are 6-0 and in their last six, and sort of feels like old time, same as it ever was, eh? Uh, so I, you know, we, I recorded a show, uh, earlier today and now I'm on like, you know, four hours of podcasting or whatever. I'm going to start going delirious. Unfortunately, my guest this week was, was, uh, unable to continue because the, 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 the file got corrupted. I don't know. My producer, you guys know this producer, you've probably heard of him, Michael P. Duncan, real loser. Uh, anyway, let me introduce my guest that I have in place of, Bob Gilchrist, who you'll have to have back on again sometime soon when when uh, when when it's all working right. But uh, in his place, I have none other than the best person I've ever met in my life, Michael P. Duncan. Y'all know Michael. What's up, buddy? Best person, worst producer. That was. Oh wait, did I? Were you listening to that part? No, no, I zone you out whenever you talk. Uh, Um, You should know that by now. Yeah. Why do you think your podcast sounds the way it does? Mm -hmm. I just kind of throw it out there. Yeah, I mean, imagine all the nonsense you have to listen to, you know, trying to rifle through all the shit I talk and try and find the good stuff. I really did try early on, but then, you know, I got comfortable um, and haven't really listened to an audio file you've sent me since. I guess I had to listen this week. but I'm going to blame you for the problem with the pod earlier with, with Bob. I'm just, it's all your fault. I'm just blaming you. I mean, I think Bob felt it too. Like he was... He kept looking at you funny, and I was like, I, I see what you're saying. So it's definitely your fault. So, you know, it, your pay is getting docked, let me just tell you. I mean, it's, you know, it's tough, but that's life, you know. <laughs> there's some wins, there's some losses. Sometimes Jalen Rager drops two game-winning touchdowns in a single Ouch. drive. It happens. What can <laughs> I say? Ouch. Yeah, that's got to hurt. Tell me a little bit about the feeling that that was. I mean, it's like, what was that? like? So you th- you think I'd be used to it, you know? Had Nelson Aguilar on the team for years, yeah. uh, you know, a pro at dropping game winning touchdowns uh, for sure. You know, I'm used to it, but never, yep. you know, I give him all the credit in the world. Never did he ever drop two in one game. Right. On the and same that, drive or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And not to mention Devonta Smith, the first round pick who's been awesome, got open twice on that mm. final play. Not once, twice <laughs> he was open for a touchdown. Boy, oh boy. So he got open as many times as Jalen Rager dropped a game-winning touchdown. So, yeah, it's a great week to be an Eagles fan. I'm very happy. I loved doing my show this week with Giants fan, uh, oh, Ashley. Boy. Yeah. Um, it was awesome. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm back to hating it here. So Nice, yeah. Michael hates it here. You can find him on Twitter. What is your Twitter handle? MP Duncan. MP Duncan 75. 75. But, of course, his, like, you know, his name is Michael hates it here, which – you can see why, you know, now you're starting to see why. I mean, first of all, he's my fucking producer and he's a Philadelphia Eagle fan. I mean, 
Eagles, talk about Sixers, shit. Phillies, Flyers. Like hey, I, you I don't, brought up, you brought up the Sixers. We, we I, roasted your ass too. The best, the best thing we have going for us <laughs> is the uh, NL MVP and Bryce Harper and the Philly. Uh, the ba- baseball just decided they're having a lockout. I was gonna say nobody even watches baseball. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like I have nothing. If a, if a tree falls in the woods, you know, it's like nobody knows. I, nobody nope. knows. Nope. nope. It's I thought you were going to mention like MLS or like some sort of like women's Actually, the basketball. Actually, the or... Philadelphia Union is uh, – they're in like the Eastern Conference Championship. I don't I don't watch professional <laughs> soccer, but right. they're doing really well. Um, but I'm doing them a favor. If I you might want to. Them. Yeah, now, in a, <laughs> in a group chat we have, we, we were like, should we hop on the bandwagon? And we're no, like, no. Don't want to ruin it. Because then they'll suck. Yes. Yeah. It's like, all right, we're just going to stick to the main four. Like, that's what we talk about in this group chat. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to screw it up for the actual soccer fans. Out there. <clears> you know, we had Bill Burr on the show last week and he famously roasted. Did you ever get a chance to listen to that roast or did you forget? I did. No, I, 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 uh, I, uh, I listened to it as soon as we got off that podcast and What'd everything that, everything that he said about Philadelphia was accurate and the people yeah. in the crowd knew it. I mean, yeah. they were like, yeah, man, you're not wrong. We know it. We love it. It's fine. It was a great roast. If you guys haven't heard it, it's it's famous. And most of you, I'm sure most of you asshole listeners of my show definitely have heard it. Uh, but Bill Burr just roasts Philly for, you know, you know how Philly is. They throw batteries at Santa, shit like that. You know, they booed this amateur comedian at like this comedy festival. But in their defense, it was like outside and like they were serving beers all day. And they're from Philly. Used to boo. We boo our own. Like we boo yes, everyone. Like, exactly. It was lovable. But, you know, they were they were basically booing him off. And say, so Bill Burr gets up there, makes like one joke and they start booing him. He's like, all right, fuck it. And he just goes in on him ham for 15 minutes. Doesn't do any bit part of his act and just berates Philadelphia, its people, and hopes they all die in a fiery car crash on the way home for 15 straight minutes. It was it was poetry. That is basically what being a Philadelphia sports fan is like, dying in a fiery car crash <laughs> every single week. Every week. But then being reborn with a glimmer of hope. Well, speaking of a glimmer of hope, my New England Patriots have a glimmer of hope yeah, whatever. to get the one seed in the AFC. And uh, it starts on Monday night in Buffalo. Uh, Wowzer. I mean, could you ask for a better Monday night game than the New England Patriots traveling to Buffalo? These two teams that are kind of like, I mean, look, they have the two best plus minuses in the NFL. I guess that means that they're amongst the two best teams in the NFL, if not the two best. I don't think they're the two best, but, you know, by the numbers, they're they're certainly not the best. They're definitely two of the best, right? They're in the same division. You know, uh, the Patriots have held over Buffalo for years and years. Um, You know, Buffalo thinks they've got their chance. New England's down. They draft this scrappy kid out of, checks notes, Alabama. (laughs) I mean, how the hell did an 80% Heisman winner thing, 13-0 undefeated badass quarterback from Alabama get the 15 for the Patriots? NFL's a bunch of idiots. You know, hope Jalen Waddle works out for it. Whatever. Listen. I can't believe it, but they're going to go into Buffalo and try and beat this team who's a damn good team. Josh Allen is prolific and badass, and it's going to be snowing, and it's going to be Monday night, prime time, at night. Come on. What's better? I mean, I don't know if it's actually going to be snowing. I mean, we're recording this, like, late. Um, It is late. Yeah. So, like, I, I, but it's not Monday. So, I have no clue if you know it's going to snow or whatever. I haven't looked at the weather report, but it does feel like that kind of game. It feels like the kind of game where, you know, classic prime timey type of thing. Um, but I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Like, I have been friends, uh, some family friends with some lifetime Bills fans. Um, the passion they have is unparalleled, and also the sadness they have is unparalleled. Um, it felt great the last couple of years, and honestly, it's really sad 
to see New England back on top of the AFC <laughs> So quickly. East. And I hope for their sake that Buffalo can uh, find a way to win this game. It's a bigger game for Buffalo than it is for the Patriots. I, you Absolutely. Know, uh, Buffalo's home. They have seven wins. We have eight. Uh, so, I mean, if New England wins, they're, you know, they've got nine wins. Buffalo would have seven and then a game up because of the, you know, head to head. Obviously, if uh, if Buffalo wins, they'd be tied with eight wins. Granted, one more loss for New England, but tied at eight wins and Buffalo would have the lead. So, I mean, pretty big stakes here. Um, you know, they play again in a couple of weeks in New England, but, uh, you know, Buffalo really, really needs this win to sort of, you know, uh, reestablish themselves and to position themselves to try and win that division. And, and maybe they can make a run for the number one seed in the AFC. Well, I'll say even more than that, like, I, I think this matters more for Buffalo just from the idea of going into the season. Who did you expect to be in the running for the one seed? It, it was the Bills. It was not well, the Patriots. Okay, we did ha- I know you did. Yeah, I know. We'll have to pull that fucking uh, audio clip as we get closer because at this rate, they could still actually you know, make your prediction of, I think, like 12 <laughs> wins, which is just yeah. fucking ridiculous. And I hate it. But um, everyone besides you, realistically, <laughs> you, you you expect the Bills to be in that running. You did yes. not expect the Patriots. Like, the Patriots have nothing to lose. It True. is the first thing that comes to mind is Nick Foles in that Super Bowl run. Because yeah. who the, they were underdogs in every game. Who the hell expected them to win a damn thing? No one. The Patriots, for the first time in a long time, are the ones where it's like, if we lose... Nobody's really surprised the Bills right. are supposed to be this good. That's a weird sentence. Yes. But if the <laughs> yes. Bills lose, it's like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Here yes. we are again. Yes. Yeah, that's right. There's going to be drama almost no matter what happens. But you're right. There's a bit more drama if somehow the Patriots can go in there and win it. And everybody's like, oh, my God, here we are again. And look, if they're going to do that, they're going to do that because they have a great roster. I think I shared that with you in the season preview. I think a lot of people were sleeping on the Patriots just because, you know, I don't think they realize just how many great moves they made, you know, on the defensive side of the football, both in the draft, Duggar from last year sort of coming oh, man, on, Judon, you know, right? I mean, they've they, they just had a lot of people uh, progress. Obviously, J.C. Jackson, you know, uh, oh, things yeah. have gone really well for them. Uh, they've been healthy, knock on wood. The offense, the offensive line was struggling a little bit early in the season, but they've come together and they've been playing really well. Uh, the backs have been outstanding. I mean, we lose James White. I thought that might have been a little bit of an issue. And, you know, Ramondre Stevenson, who we'll get to, by the way, I mean, why not right now? Let's talk about it. Ramondre Stevenson has been great. Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, one-two punch. Bolden has been that sort of just uh, James White light. Um, he plays special teams. He's been a good pass catching back out of the backfield. Their weapons, their weapons have not been prolific, but I think every they've gotten every bit of what they could have hoped for out of Kendrick Bourne. Uh, Jacoby Myers and, um, you know, uh, Nelson Aguilar have been okay. And, you know, somehow or another, this team's doing what they're doing and still they whiffed on Nikhil Harry. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, it is kind of crazy the fact that they're doing all this without their the only first round pick that they have on a wide receiver. I think it, it's like the only it's, it's their only yes. starting wide receiver that they drafted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they yeah. Kobe Myers was undrafted. Um, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, the other two are free agents, and then you've got yeah. Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. Both of the tight ends they drafted a couple years back have kind of just done nothing. Nothing. Um, right. it, it is crazy. It, it is insane. I think the biggest thing, obviously, has to be Mac Jones Bingo. and the fact that he's not playing like a rookie quarterback. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that he's playing, you know, <clears throat> incredible MVP level football. He's not. He's not. But 
he's playing exactly like the Patriots need him to. That's and that exactly is right. something that you never see from rookie quarterbacks. You That's see right. them make the throws that they could make in college because guys were wide open or uh, they make mistakes because, you know, they just aren't understanding the, speed, the coverage. Right. Yes. Used to the speed of the game. Mac Jones isn't doing that. And that is truly the biggest difference uh, for me, at least, from even the beginning half of the year. to like, Yes. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, we we talked about actually in the in the lost pod, so to speak, but, you know, uh, they, they look, they had, um, they had a couple of, uh, really close games too early on. I mean, the Miami dolphins game in week one, I mean, they had that game one Damian Harris fumbles going in the, the, the Tampa Bay game was, was, I mean, let's face it. They had that game one, if they could have converted one fourth down, they had the Dallas Cowboy game one in overtime, if they could convert a fourth down. So I thought there was a lot of, uh, they punted and never got the ball back. Uh, they should have gone for it on fourth down twice and didn't whatever. God bless, you know, point is they were playing these one possession games against playoff teams they've lost to good teams but in close games they've kicked the shit out of the shitty teams i.e the jets um so you know I, yeah you're absolutely right um I, I i will ask you the same question i asked on the lost pod which is is mac jones is mac jones the qb1 from that 2021 class in terms of dynasty fantasy like do you now think that we should be moving him above Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Trevor Lawrence in our dynasty rankings. So I'm going to give a different answer. Obviously, I am one of three people on this planet to have heard the Lost Pod. Um, Rest in peace, Lost Pod. Uh, But I'm going to go with no. Um, And that's not an insult to Mac Jones. Like, you know, we were lucky over the Undroppables. We had a lot of guys that were very big on Mac Jones from the very beginning. Um, So I I didn't really fall into that. You know, uh, I feel like what was happening on Twitter was a lot of people putting down Mac Jones. Like, I kind of knew exactly what he was, and <clears throat> I stand by my thought process then because it's more or less held true, which is he profiles as a, you know, his ceiling being a Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins type quarterback. Um, but for that to happen, for him to be a very, very effective fantasy quarterback, he needs to be throwing three touchdowns a game, three, yes. 400 yards a game. Like if you look at his numbers right now for fantasy football, he's not good. I, he's fine in super flex. He's like a, I guess a startable asset on yeah. some weeks if you yeah. can pick the matchup, but he's not that good for fantasy in a one quarterback league in redraft. He's droppable. I mean, you sh- he shouldn't be rostered really. Um, and that is why, I, and I don't know if he's five anymore um, because God knows what Zach Wilson is. I mean, well, maybe he's definitely he was, not five. Yeah. I don't think he was, <clears throat> I, I hated Zach Wilson, but um, Trevor Lawrence. I no, I'm not giving up on him after one year. He still has all the traits that we thought he had, but he's there with urban Meyer. His team is just falling apart at the seams. No one is surprised about that. Um, Justin Fields will be rid of Matt Nagy soon. And we haven't seen Trey Lance and the things that made Trey Lance and Justin Fields have the incredible upside that they have is still there it's the rushing ability. And that's the thing that Mac Jones probably won't ever have. And that is, yeah, it's the Konami code. It's probably overused to a certain extent, but it's broken. It is fundamentally broken when it comes to fantasy football, because you have guys like Taysom Hill or Cam Newton having startable fantasy weeks when it feels like they can't even throw the football. I mean, God, I I remember uh, riding Tim Tebow to a fantasy championship. That dude can't throw the football. Right. I think I think when I look at it, for me, it's like, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I think the Konami code is like, I mean, 
Joe Burrow has 63 rushing yards this this year, right? Like, uh, where's where's Herbert? Herbert not as much as last year. Yeah, Herbert's at 243. He's a mini. Um, you know, I mean, he's actually you know pretty good, and when it comes to the the rushing upside, I think he's kind of there. Uh, you know, it's like Dak Herbert. You know, those types of guys. It, but you know, you look at like you know. Kirk Cousins, like you you mentioned, uh, Derek Carr, all these guys like Burrow. I think that's where he's at, you know. Um, I, I and I think you know, look, he's he's right there with Tua in terms of points per game this year. You're right; he's not been prolific. I didn't think he would be, um, but I think he's been so solid and such a such a clear like just NFL quarterback that I just see that he's only going to get better. Like, you know, if you look at him amongst the rookies, he is the number one rookie in terms of points per game because the other ones have been very unimpressive. Yeah. And but they I, also, like, I mean, part of what plays into that is missed games and, like, sure. Oh, I guess you said points per game. So never points per game, yeah. yeah I am I looking at PPG because, I mean, you know, total points, obviously, he actually elevates because I think I'm just looking at one league well, I'm yeah, in. and that's, that's where my point is. He's, like, 24th in points per game, but let's see, he's much higher. Of course, he's, like, 17th in points. Of course, you know, because he he's played yeah. more, you know. But uh, yeah, I get and, that. Yeah, exactly. I get that. I get that. But, you know, hey, availability has been there, too. You know, you think about Zach Wilson, you know, it, it, look, if he oh, hadn't, gotten hurt he should have been quote unquote hurt because he was needing to be pulled out of the game justin fields has been hurt but he also not very impressive um trevor lawrence has been i mean it's been pretty ugly in in jacksonville for sure and i i mean it's kind of let's go there i mean because you said you're not ready to give up on trevor lawrence but man oh man it's not good i mean he has nine touchdowns 10 picks yikes like this, and I'm I'm sure I'm not the first first person to say this, but like, like people I'm sure said this about Peyton Manning after his rookie year. Like, yeah. and I'm not saying he's Peyton Manning. No, no, yeah. I, I whenever I whenever I think that I'm like, yeah, but that sounds really like you're saying he's Peyton. And no, I'm not. He might be though. It's still, he, he yeah, might it's be, in play. He might be, yeah. and that's the thing. Like, no, that's right. We can't like Mac Jones is more or less exactly what I thought he was. He adjusted to the program game extremely well. And if you look at his fantasy starts, there's three games, I think, where you would have been happy starting him. Right. Um, and that, I think, I, I think he's forever for the rest of his career going to be a guy where if you, sh- he's going to be a streaming quarterback in redraft where you look at the matchup, you say, yeah, he could throw three touchdowns. Um, Joe Burrow, I think you're right. You know, in games that he hasn't thrown, like, hasn't thrown at least two touchdowns and thrown, you know, at least 300 yards. He really hasn't been that great, but he's consistently done it all year long for the most part. Um, But yeah, Trevor Lawrence, you know, it's funny because I still think of that Thursday night game against uh, Cincinnati, actually, um, where uh, Trevor Lawrence, I thought, looked the best that he has all year. And part of that is because Urban Meyer finally did things that, did things with him that I saw Trevor do all the time at Clemson. It was zone read stuff. It was just operating the offense in a very similar manner. And I feel like since then he's barely done it. And that is just, I mean, that falls on urban Meyer. It's just a question of like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Right. Um, but I don't know. I, I think we have to wait and see with Trevor, like we do with most rookie quarterbacks. Um, but I'm not willing to just like throw him out as trash. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I I think if we look in like the first one, two, three, four, five, six weeks of uh, uh, uh of uh, Mac Jones's career, he was you know uh, seven touchdowns, uh, six picks, and yep. since then 
he's nine touchdowns, two picks, right? So, I mean, like, it's also getting better, you know? So I think, you know, some of that PPG early has been sort of, you know, he's had uh, three games over, like, 25 fantasy points if you're playing six points per touchdown. Like, you know, he's had – and they were, you know, he's had three total, and they've been in weeks, you know, the last uh, six weeks. You know what I mean? So he's been better. They've been winning in those games, too. And I think that's what we're seeing is we're just seeing him – sort of managed the game. I mean, the Saints game, he had three picks. I, and and to be fair, I watched that game, obviously. But, uh, you know, one was off of uh, Jonu Smith's hands, like literally was, hit him in rough. the hands. And that was a pick six, too. It was even worse. Yeah. I mean, so there were some unfortunate picks. I, I know that he also gets fortunate sometimes where he'll throw it to somebody on the other team. They just drop it. I get that. You know, luck is part of the game. But, you know, that, that game was – he wasn't awful. You know, even no. in the game he was quote-unquote awful, his only multiple interception game of his pro career, he didn't look that bad. No, and, and I think, honestly, like like at the end of the day, this conversation, it's not going to be – you know, it's not going to be done for another couple of years. Right. But I think what we know about Mac Jones is more or less what we knew about him a couple months ago. And I kind of think it's probably going to be what we know about him in a few years, <clears> which is he's going to be in a, he's going to be a really good NFL quarterback. He's yeah. probably going to win a lot of games and at least from a longevity perspective. And I think you, you kind of mentioned this and it struck a chord like there is a really good chance that he's the last one standing. Right. Like if I had to bet on one of them. Right. of these five guys to be the last one standing. It's probably him yeah. because there's much less of a chance that he flames out yeah. that there was always less of a chance that he flames out. Yeah. And on top of that, like the way that he plays is just, I mean, it, it, it is about longevity. He gets the ball out of his hands quick. He does not run the ball and put himself in harmful positions. And he's playing in an offense that is just built and catered around him on a really good organization. We talked about him pre-draft as having a Kirk Cousins ceiling. Yep. I would argue Kirk Cousins is his floor now, you know? And so, you know, we sort of see that he is going to be just a solid NFL quarterback. He's Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins with, you know, it's almost like no doubt, you know, whether or not he can get to Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, I don't know. I don't, I don't see that type of prolific player. So but what is, what is the ceiling then? We uh, didn't, well, Tom Brady. I mean, we've seen what the ceiling is for a guy who plays like that. And it's always Tom Brady. It's always going to be Tom Brady. But the point of the matter is that that's rarely ever going to happen. You know, in other words, we're yeah. watching Tom Brady and he's sort of redefining everything, both in terms of age, but also, you know, you look at the top, level quarterbacks they all have in other words in fantasy they all have that konami code and somehow or another tom brady is amongst that group without it so really really i mean yeah crazy on pace for over 50 touchdowns like right that's if you tell me mac jones is gonna do that no yeah it's not no no i just think that he's like 35 touchdowns a year you know and and i that's why cousins is like you know we talked last week on the pod where he's like you know, he's basically a top 12 quarterback every year. I think that's what you're going to see from Mac once he starts to become, you know, he's just going to be solid. I think he's just going to be a winning quarterback on a good team, a good organization. They're going to put good weapons around him. Here's the other sort of sneaky thing for the next three seasons after this one is that they're going to have him on his rookie deal. Yep. And so they'll be able to put some players around him because he wasn't even the first pick where that's a pretty big contract. He's the yeah. 15th pick. So you're going to have a quarterback on about as cheap a rookie deal for four or five years as you could possibly get. And I'm sure they've already thought of that. The cap goes up next year. I think they're going to be positioned. The defense is already good. I think they're going to be positioned to have a really solid squad around him. And if he gets a weapon or two, watch out. 
Yeah, I mean, now that we've talked about Mac Jones for like 15 minutes, which is yeah. great, but I, I, I think you're right. He's gonna be, he's probably gonna be a quarterback one most years. It's probably gonna be in that 10 to 12 range, um, and then there's probably gonna be that outlier year or two, like we see with guys like that, where he throws, you know, 42 touchdowns, yeah, and he ends up being like the quarterback four. Or so let me ask you, who's the offensive rookie of the year? Is it Mac Jones right now? Um, Najee Harris, Jamar Chase, right? Like, yeah. So this was actually Elijah Mitchell. We talked about on the on playbook with uh, me and Ashley. Talked about. I I think, I think it'll probably be Mac Jones. I don't think it should. Who is it and right now? Who is your rookie of the year right this second? Mine is probably Jamar Chase. Yeah, I see. I think you got to give it to to Mac Jones. Degree of difficulty right now as he's leading a team to basically, you know, now a lot can change one way or the other. You know, he can cement himself in that position or take a big step back on Monday night. Right. So like, you know, but as of right this second, I think, I think you got to give it to Mac Jones playing the toughest position on, on the planet, starting NFL quarterback, you know, just crazy. Even if he loses on Monday night, they're going to give it to him. Like, and and it sucks. I I, honestly, like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about deservingly. Yeah, I, like he deserves it. Just like I guess Justin Herbert deserved it last year, but did he deserve it more than Justin Jefferson? Probably not. No, I don't no. think Mac Jones is unless uh, unless Jamar Chase falls off the face of the planet. I don't <laughs> think that he's going to deserve it more than Jamar Chase, who is on pace for shattering Justin Jefferson's records. It's, yeah, he plays quarterback. Did Dak deserve it to win it over Zeke? No, but he's the quarterback. Well, we don't get any fantasy points for that award, so who gives a shit? Uh, sure. <laughs> um, but this game, uh, I got to get a prediction from you on this Buffalo game in Buffalo. I heard, I heard it was going to snow, so I'm just keep repeating it because it sounds fun. But uh, uh, you know, it's it like 100 percent in my game. mind. It's just going to be fucking snowing. I can already see it. So, but who do you got? I, I I'm going to give it to Buffalo. Score. Um, 14 to 13. Oh, I love it. And Josh Allen is going to just like. He's not going to pass for any touchdowns. He's going to like rush for two. You should and have said nineteen to eighteen or something like that. Just I was you, yeah. I, I was tr- I was trying to do the math in my head for like really weird scores. Like yeah, like score, two pointers score. and like, like field goals and the safety. I, like, I, and... I couldn't get there. I think they're going to be down seven to thirteen. Josh Allen's going to get the ball back and he's going to have some late game heroics to pull out the victory. It's going to yeah, be like, like an iconic Josh yeah. Allen win. I think I got Patriots like twenty three to twenty two. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, it's gonna, gonna be a weird game. I yeah, think. it's gonna be like that. I think it. You know, I I do think they'll both get to twenty. I do think that they'll be able to move the. I think the Patriots will be able to move the ball on the ground, which brings me to the guy we were talking about, which is Ramondre Stevenson. Who, my goodness, I mean, you, you, you know, you've been part of this pod long enough to know that we were talking about Ramondre in January, and uh, you know. I was getting all excited for this guy. And then finally my team drafts him and I'm like, oh my God, you know, but uh, Ramondre looking damn good. I know Damian Harris looks good too. I'll ask you the same question. I asked the uh, Bob in the, uh, the lost pod, but who do you got in dynasty Ramondre Stevenson or Damian Harris? Honestly, I think it has to be Ramondre and that's nothing against Damian Harris, but like just what we know about running backs is, after their rookie, con- like, unless you're like a, you know, a Joe Mixon, a, a CMC, like after their rookie contract, you don't probably don't want them on your team yeah, they get or turned. they're not going to be what they were. And yep. Ramon Jay has already shown that he's more of a pass catcher than Damian Harris, or at least that they're willing to use him like Correct. That. Um, and, uh, that, yeah, that's all I really need to know is he's younger and he's already shown that he sort of has trust. Like 
I guess. I don't know. It it sucks. They're right near each other. Um, and at this point, I'm just going to take the fact that, you know, uh, less time in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, pretty interesting. I'm, I'm with you. Um, I, I've got them really close. I had them back-to-back at one point. Um, you know, Ramondre was an old rookie, but still, Damian Harris wasn't exactly young. Uh, yeah. 24, going to be 25 here soon. Basically, he's a year older. Uh, 24 and 23 years old for Damian Harris and Ramondre. But you're right. You know, Damian had that sort of red shirt rookie season. Then last year he played. This year is now Ramondre's rookie season. So it's his third year. So I, yeah, we're seeing, look, a lot of touchdown dependency from, uh, from Damian Harris. Now he's scoring them. He's got eight rushing touchdowns, excuse me, eight total touchdowns. I think they're on the ground, but you know, but they're just not throwing the football. He has 84 rushing yards. He basically has a hundred yards in his career uh, receiving yards. So it's not, it's not enough. And it's not enough to really want to tie me to him long-term in dynasty. I think he's a sell, um, he still is a very good running back. I mean, you watch the football games, he's dudes bounce off him like somehow or another, like Damian Harris and Damian Harris is a real running back, but I'm, I'm with you. I think Ramondre, uh, just has a little bit more of a prolific, uh, opportunity. He's been really good. He already has as many receiving yards as Damian Harris in his career. So, you know, I think he's definitely that guy. He looks outstanding. I mean, the feet we saw in college, we're seeing in the pros and, uh, yeah, I'm really, really impressed with Ramondre Stevenson and no cooler name. So, I mean, he's definitely got to be Ramondre. Like, I mean, the big, the big, <laughs> a lot of the big knocks against Ramondre were all of the, you know, the red flags, the question marks. Um, not mm-hmm. necessarily character, but like the almost like Eddie Lacy ish type. Thing. Yeah. I mean, question the weight, the, he yes. came from a Juco, then he, yep. yeah, there was all sorts of, he did get suspended for, you know, smoking weed. Oh which of yeah, course, he did. I forgot about that. Yep. Look, that's not a problem, but it is because it shows that he can't, you know, keep shit together, you know, and he's going to, I mean, you know, it, there were issues. Yeah. You're right. They had some red flags. Oh, I, I don't know about character, but you know, the yeah, character, character kind of gets rolled like, into all that stuff, you know? Yeah. They call it character. I don't really consider it character so right. much as like decision-making. Yeah. I guess. But the fact that he's with the New England Patriots, not to say it erases it, but it at least makes me like if he went to an organization like uh, the lost, uh, the like the Raiders yeah. or the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm not confident in that at all. Yeah. But if it's somewhere like the Patriots, I'm willing to overlook a lot of those things. Yeah. It's the Corey Dillon uh, uh, corollary where, God. you know, Corey Dillon was, you know, a, a problem and then he was like team captain, you know, for this fucking team. Like he was great. I mean, and honestly, it does feel a little bit like that where we have this sort of thunderous, you know, backfield. I know Corey Dillon was all one guy, but now it's sort of like, you know, Corey Dillon is Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris. And, uh, you know, we have a young Tom Brady, young Mac Jones, a great defense. It feels a whole lot like those teams, you know, where our best receiver was like Rache Caldwell at one point and Troy Brown and, you know, it, it, it feels a lot like those teams. We had linebackers and Willie McGinnis, and now you have Matthew Judon. And, yeah, it feels a lot like those teams, a real tough-nosed team that can that can play in any weather with a quarterback who's going to make great decisions. Um, you know, that team wasn't very prolific in the early 2000s, but they found ways to win. I like Ramondre a lot. If the if the if all of a sudden one of them were to have a clear path, they'd be a they'd be a pretty big-time uh, running back, a, a LeGarrette Blount type, uh, you know, uh, running back in this league, uh, but th- that's probably not going to happen this year or even next. So I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't think either of them can be very high in your rankings. No, because and it's the same re- because they're on the Patriots. Yeah, the Patriots probably just won't ever do it, and that's fine. But if you can identify the most valuable <laughs> one. 
that provides value because some people are willing to just write off Patriots running backs. Yes. And if you find that middle ground, then that's where you can actually get value. And I think that's where kind of Ramondre is. That's exactly right. Well, we're talking about some of these these games this week. There's a lot of shit on, on the schedule this week. But one game that I circled that I wanted to kind of pay attention to is the Los Angeles Chargers at the Cincinnati Bengals. It's probably going to provide a lot of uh, DFS love, if you will. But also, it's kind of like a little mini playoff game. These two teams need it need it bad, right? Um, so I'm kind of curious as to, you know, which Chargers team shows up, and I guess for that matter, which Bengals team shows up. But I kind of feel more confident that the Bengals know who they are. Um, and I think who they are is a problem for the Chargers because they they sort of pin their their you know hang their hat on this running game with Joe Mixon and the Chargers can't seem to stop anybody on the ground and if Joe Mixon can get it going then all of a sudden that opens up everything for Chase and Higgins over the top I mean I really like the Bengals in this game uh, they're going to be home they're going to be fired up they're going to want it real bad I think the Chargers want it real bad I just don't know if they've got the firepower what do you see in this game. I feel like nobody's talking about how good Joe Mixon is right now. Yeah, I, I feel I feel like nobody is talking about how good he's been. He's the, he's the RB three in both PPR and standard on the season, and he has just been on an absolute tear. He's been, dope. and I think I think you're 100 percent right. I, I I think that he is probably going to tear these Chargers apart because that's the way to do it, and I think that's how the Bengals want to win games apparently. Yeah. Um, and he's he's being a you know knock on wood, but he's holding up through it all. Um, yeah. <laughs> and they're operating their offense, you know, not perfectly, but pretty darn close. They're running the ball, and Joe Burrow is just taking advantage of the pass when it's there. You know, you you said holding up. Uh, I'm gonna do it right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna read you guys the list of names. These are all running backs who were hurt this year. Oh I've God. never seen anything like this before in my life. It's going to take like 45 minutes for me to read the name. Ready? I'll go fast. James White, Michael Carter, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Derek Henry, RIP, Travis Etienne, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Miles Sanders, Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, Cordero Patterson, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Chase Edmonds, Cam Akers, Raheem Mostert, Chris Carson. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, somehow Joe Mixon isn't on that list. <laughs> right. And I'll tell you what, my dynasty team is very thankful for it. Unbelievable. That's my point. It's easier to list the players who haven't gotten hurt. It's like uh, JT, of course, totally. Those carries are going to add up, and they're going to he's going to wear down in the NFL. There's no doubt about it. JT, Eckler, undrafted. Mixon, always hurt. Like, right? It's like crazy, yep. but... JT, Eckler, Mixon, and uh, wait, there's like one more. And that's it. Those are the only players that haven't gotten hurt. I mean, everybody's been out. I think Zeke, too. Did I even mention? Like Zeke no, you didn't even mention Zeke. But banged yeah, he's, up. He's Gibson's been, been, been a little bit year. banged up. Like, yeah. it's just been unbelievable. And so, yeah, Mixon now sort of his value is really strong because of how good he's been. But right yep. now he's like the only good running back left. Like if you're trying to make a stretch run, this is very interesting with these running backs. Like I've got some Derrick Henry uh um, McCaffrey teams, they're dead. You know, I'm, that's the undrafted league I'm in. That, that I'm yep. cooked. Like, I've got some Cook Camara leagues. I've got some Saquon Cook Camara league. Like, you think, oh my God, I'm going to dominate. I got this one league that I've won four years straight. It's like, it's absolutely stacked. Cook, Camara, Saquon, uh, Akers, JT, and uh, Dobbins, I think. It's like, 
all of them are hurt. <laughs> it's like JT only, you know, it's like fucking crazy. So like this whole thing of having, you know, a, a, a herd of running backs that you can just run at people, man, oh man, unless you have those three guys, you don't have that. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And I mean, that just kind of speaks to, I think what is truly the best way to build a team in dynasty, at least for the yeah. long term, is you build around wide receivers for yep. that reason. I mean, there's running, running, like playing 16 games as a running back is more of an anomaly than getting hurt. Like it truly is the amount of running backs that have played 16 full games that are, you know, full-time starters. Like I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I guarantee you it happens more. It happens less often than it doesn't. I don't right. know if I said that right, but you know, but I'm I just mean. saying like, this is, ha- it's been way different this year though. Yeah. You know what oh, I mean? It's like, been even worse. Unbelievable. You know, it's, it's like, it's been even worse. It's normally like, a couple, I feel like it's only like maybe half of the top picks right. this year. It's like three fourths to more. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just it's crazy. Just ridiculous. And I think that, that, that does speak to, you know, I, I, I wrote the article, uh, dynasty startup, uh, you know, theory or whatever. And it was all about building around wide receivers just because of how long they last and how it is. I mean, you know, if you've got a first round pick, but here's the thing, like if you have the right running backs, like right now, if you have JT and Eckler, or Najee, there's the other one. Uh, ah, you know. yes, thank you. Yep. But, you know, it's like if you have some combination of JT, Eckler, Najee, Mixon type of thing, you're rolling. But, you know, if I'd have said at the beginning of the season, yeah, I've got Derrick Henry, McCaffrey, Saquon, you'd be like, dude, you're going to win it for sure. You've got depth and everything, you know. So it's just you never you never know with those running backs. Whereas, yep. you know, even I suppose, the, you know, there's been a lot of wide receiver injuries too, but wide receivers yeah. tend to hold up and, and be more predictable in, in the long term. Uh, but yeah, unbelievable. I think what I what I would what I would say, you know, so hard to trade a hurt asset, uh, especially to a contender, right? So I'm holding a lot of these players. You know, I, you know, you kind of name any one of them, I'm holding uh, because I think trading, unless you're maybe trading for another one that you like a little bit better. You know, if you're trading, I'm making this up, but Cook for Camara because you like one or the other, that's fine, I guess. But I'm not looking to sell these guys. Dalvin or Camara because you're going to get 50 cents on the dollar. If you just wait, they're mostly all of them. I mean, there may be a couple. We could go through the list of uh, of elite running backs that won't be starters next year, but by and large, they're all going to sort of retain their position and gain value, especially as the season starts next year. And if you want to sell then, I think that'd be the time. I, I agree with you about 90%. Yeah, tell me. I th- I think there's a couple names that I'm I I'm maybe willing to sell now. Let's hear them. Because I think people would agree with you that they'll gain value. The main one I'm thinking of is Dalvin Cook. Yeah. I he is starting to remind me eerily of a Todd Gurley, and I know Todd Gurley had kind of his own thing, but two years ago Todd Gurley was the RB one in Dynasty. Maybe maybe three years ago, I don't know, but he fell off so quick, and there were signs. There always are. Um. And I'm not saying that that is going to happen to Dalvin Cook, but I think it might be equally as likely that Dalvin Cook never retain, never gets to the value that he was last year. And I think a lot of times people are going to want to sell him at that value. Well, I think and one I, way you might be able to get that value for Dalvin and Dynasty is if yeah. you also roster Madison, you know, because yes. if you roster both of them and you can sell them as a package deal, I think you can, re- you know, because you can be like, look, don't worry about Dalvin. If he gets hurt, you got the other guy. Don't even sweat it. Because right now, everybody views Madison, and rightfully so, as a one-for-one sort of uh, handcuff. And, you know, if you're, for whatever reason, you have them both, and 
you're not going anywhere. Now may be a good time to sell them as a package to someone else who probably needs them who can compete. So I, I especially see it that way. And I would, I would agree with you, Michael, that if there's any of them that'll fetch the price tag that is synonymous with who they are, sure. I, I'm always looking to sell. I think, yeah. you know, Peter Howard and I talked about it once, and I think he said it so many times on Twitter where I, I, I love it. He's like, if you're not a, a title contending team, you should not have stud running backs on your team. Simple. Yeah. Like, don't have them. Why do you have them? Turn them into young receivers and draft picks and just do that and sell them to the good teams because they're only going to last two, three years anyway. And you know yep. what? That's exactly correct every single time. It's always true. Yet these wide receivers last, you know, five, 10 years generally. So, yes, he's correct. You know, so uh, I think that's correct. I think that's what you should be doing. So, very, very simple and obvious game theory. And you know what? It's actually okay if your league mates are also hip to that game because that's how you're going to find a trade partner. You know, if I'm a if I'm a contender, I am going to be willing to sell, you know, I don't know, you know, some sort of young wide receiver, you know, you you name it, Elijah Moore even, you know, because I need that RB2 slot. So, yeah, I'm going to buy Dalvin and Madison for, you know, 23 first and Elijah Moore. Actually sounds very, very fair. Uh, yeah. I don't have to give up much. I, giving up a flex wide receiver for a, you know, a stud running back and my 23 first is going to be late anyway because I'm really good. You know, that's the type of thinking – and if you're rebuilding, you're like, hey, I got a young wide receiver. I've got a 23 first where I'm probably going to be able to get another running back in that draft. It's a win-win. So you can find matches uh, in that type of uh, situation when everybody sees it the same. Yeah, I mean, I, I bought in, in my home dynasty league, I bought Christian McCaffrey earlier this season because I have Joe Mixon. I have a really solid wide receiving core. I was competing. I still am. It's looking a lot. It's much rougher than it was, but that's beside the point. But part of the reason that I did it was I was also able to acquire Chuba. Right. And I would not have done the deal for what I did it for without getting Chuba as well, because I knew for a fact that at least I had a running back. Right. If I didn't have CMC, which go figure now I don't, but <laughs> and Chuba may not be the type of handcuff. We no. thought he was at that time. Cause I actually yeah. did the same trade in another league where I was able to get, I actually got Chuba, McCaffrey and uh, Khalil Herbert, who ended up, you know, kind of turning into a bit of a pumpkin too. But, you know, at that time, it was really helpful in a deep league to have all that come in my way. So yeah. I hear you loud and clear. Yeah. And I, I don't think Chuba is like the Alexander Madison level, at least not right now. Uh, I still really like Chuba as a prospect and there's possibility for that. But at the very least, like I just needed to start a startable running back. Like yeah. that, that's really <laughs> what it came down to. And he's going to be better than a waiver wire guy. No so. doubt. No doubt. Well, speaking of, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, that that game, uh, you know, I've got to ask, I mean, we were talking a little bit about quarterbacks, but we'll, and we'll get back there. But, you know, one of the guys that's been a league winner, two of them in that Charger Bengal game is Eckler and Mixon. Yeah. Right now, I mean, you know, Mixon, I, 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 I pinned it to part of our uh, show sheet. Uh, the DLF ADP from December, which is obviously, you know, just, just come out. There's been a few, uh, a few drafts that have gone on already uh, early on here. And uh, it's like, it's JT, Najee Harris, Jandre Swift. And guess who running back four is Joe Mixon going off at the number seven spot. So it's basically Taylor, Jefferson, Najee, Jamar Chase, Swift, Lamb, then Mixon. So, Joe Mixon right there. Now, Eckler doesn't show up there. I actually see Kamara and whatever, McCaffrey ahead of Eckler, which I'm not saying is right or wrong. I'm, I'm fine with it. But 
Eckler is really good, and and I wonder what your thoughts are on Eckler going forward in Dynasty. What what do you think? I think I'd rather have Eckler than Mixon. Right? It's crazy. And it sucks, because I, I, I've been a big Joe Mixon fan. I mean, like, I drafted him in my very first Dynasty startup, and he's still on my team, finally doing what I asked him to do, which is carry me. Um, but, God, seventh overall? I, and, and, again, I, I like him. He is great right now. But he is also, and I literally just had this up and I closed it, I think he's 26. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he has a history of breaking down, not to mention he's finally getting the workhorse role that everyone is asking for. Yeah. Oh, he's 25. Sorry. Yeah. Um, well, he's yes. in that Dalvin class, the Dalvin CMC yeah. Fournette Aaron Jones Camara class, which, by the oh way, my wow. God. Yeah, that's right. That is, that is bizarre. Eckler was in that class, too. Thing. He was just undrafted. Yeah. Um, but I think the main reason I think I'd rather have Eckler is they both have a history of injuries a little bit, but I think Eckler's role is more sustainable. And yeah. I think that after he quote unquote breaks down, he's still going to have a role. Yeah. What's like, interesting I, about Eckler, you're right. That's a great point. And I, you know, I don't know if you were just going to make it and I'm going to steal it from you, which I think is a great move by the host of the show here. Yeah. Uh, thank you. For. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're making it though. You, you're responsible. I'll quote you for it. It'll be in small, very, very fine print, but I will say that you made me think of, I'll probably actually not do that and steal it and then just drown you out with talking like I'm doing right now. But what I'm going to say is like, you're right, man. Eckler, when he's not the stud, he might be James White, right? Like he can be yep. that guy for a long period of time. Whereas once Mixon ain't Mixon, <laughs> you know, it's over. You know, he's a back. Yeah. He's Adrian Peterson. You know, what I mean? it's like yeah, yeah right. I mean, so that's I, a good I'm, point. I'm, I'm like racking my brain. I I can't really think of an example necessarily of I think what other than a James White, but James White was kind of always James White. Yeah, um, but no, there's really never been a guy of, like this. I'm with you. Yeah. Which, like, to be fair, like Danny Woodhead Eckler, and shit, you know, like there's yeah. just guys like, you know, he's got the J.D. McKissick sort of thing where, you know, if he's like, hey, you're not quite a starter anymore, but you know what? You're really valuable as a little PPR asset. You know what? That's Aaron a really Sproles. great Sproles. Yeah, Sproles, all I that. I think is maybe the closest comparison I can think of. Obviously not at the end end of his career, but no, there were a couple years a like take. with the Eagles, yes. like where he was valuable just from a PPR perspective. And I think, again, when Joe Mixon falls off from being a starting running back, He's just going to be fodder on your bench. Yeah. You're not going to want him on your roster and you're not going to get any value for him. I think Austin Eckler will continue to be like a guy that is probably passed around a league from competitor to competitor yep. as that RB2 yep. flexworthy guy for, you know, you lost a running back, but you're still really good. I, yeah. I think, I just think he's going to last longer to some degree. Yeah, as a pass catching option. That's a really great take. And it now makes me feel a little bit better about some of my Eckler takes. I mean, uh, uh, you know, uh, spots where I've got Eckler and maybe makes him a buy here for the stretch run. I mean, he I, is yeah. I mean, he is one of the four, five maybe running backs who are actually difference makers. Of course, there's one that's coming right now, baby. What about my man, Elijah Mitchell? I am calling Elijah Mitchell the league winner of 2021 his schedule is outstanding he's had some injuries i know the finger's still not okay but he had six targets five catches the finger's fucking fine not no urban meyer finger stinky finger here he's got a good finger everything's gonna be fine um i'm i'm in i'm riding the elijah mitchell bandwagon i traded a late 22 first for elijah mitchell in a, in a league i'm competing and he'll be my locked and loaded wr2 along i mean rb2 with um with JT in that league, I'm feeling really good. I think Elijah Mitchell could be and might be 
league winner. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, one, I hope you're right because I have him in a bunch of places. I know you're a big fan. Uh, but I, yeah, I love Elijah Mitchell, and, yep. and I, I basically agree with you a hundred percent. He, I mean, the the workload that he got last week was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. um, Twenty seven carries, uh, six targets. I mean, that's just what you want. And then he missed the Jacksonville game week before that. Twenty seven carries. Yes, he is exactly what we wanted Trey Sermon to be, but better. Way better. And He's a better running back than Trey Sermon. He is. He yeah. He, yeah. he truly is, especially in this system. Like, yeah. he was so he was a guy like personally when I was sitting down and fi- like first starting to look at these rookies. He's a guy that popped in my analytics model. Yep. And when I was looking at his profile and I watched his film and I was like, he's a guy that would be great in San Francisco because yep. of the way that they run their offense and the speed that he has and what he can bring to the table. Yeah, it's a very similar system they ran uh, Louisiana to the San Francisco system. That's that point's been made. You're a hundred percent right. Your your yeah, analysis yeah, was not, spot on. Yeah, and I'm not you know I'm not rewriting the Bible or anything. Like no. I'm not the first person to say that, but I, I think Elijah Mitchell is just now like I think the the question was always will he actually get opportunity? And a, I mean from week one we've known that okay Kyle Shanahan likes Elijah Mitchell and hates Trey Sermon. Um, so yeah, I mean, if he can stay healthy, he is a league winner because yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. Great schedule. Um, he's going to have the workload. And it just comes down to staying healthy. Yeah, I'm super excited for for Elijah Mitchell. I think another potential and, and look, I think he's a buy in dynasty because you know he his value is a little bit insulated because he was a sixth round pick and he's been on and off this year. You know, if he'd been available for every game doing what he's doing, then he would be too expensive right now. But he's not. I mean, you can still attain him for a reasonable price. I actually fucked up in that league because I actually had a an offer for 22 or 23 second plus Gainwell earlier in the season. And I passed on it, which was really stupid. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I actually looked at that trade and was like, why didn't I smash that? And I didn't, um, I think I was trying to squeeze it. I fucked it up is what I did. I should have smashed it. And then I went back to that same owner and made an overpay, but it's not an overpay because right now I think that Elijah Mitchell's could be a league winner. I'd easily pay a 22 late first to win my league period. By the way, I have two late firsts, so I felt a little bit better too. But pointing that out, I'd easily pay my late first to win a league. Second is even if you don't win the league, there's a better than 50-50 chance that Elijah Mitchell is the lead back in San Francisco next year, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. Right? Absolutely. I mean, it's a pretty good chance. I'd say better than 50-50. You know, we talked about the James Robinson fragility going into this, uh, this draft this year. But it was because they were run by morons and they had way too much early round draft capital. San Francisco does not, and they are not run by morons. So well, I think- I'll raise you that they don't give a shit about draft capital right. clearly because right. they drafted Trey Sermon right. earlier than Elijah Mitchell, and don't give a fuck. That's right. That's right. The sunk cost corollary is not something they're trapped in. So I, I think you're 100 percent right. I think they're going to play the guy that's better, and I think that they're seeing. That Elijah Mitchell's better. They're just seeing it. They're, you know, there's just no question. He's great. Uh, the other guy that I think could be here, and it's going to come from the next game I want to talk about, which is Denver at the Chiefs. I think this is going to be a fun game. Um, any anytime the Chiefs play, it's fun, but it's a divisional game. Um, you know, Denver likes to run the ball. The Chiefs don't like to stop the run. And Denver runs the ball with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Everybody knows I love Javante Williams and. Right now, Melvin Gordon is 50-50 to play on Sunday. My goodness gracious, if Melvin Gordon sits, 
I mean, I'm going to have a hard time sitting down watching this game because my pants won't fit. Yeah, Javante Williams is just really good at football. <laughs> like, I I don't have any groundbreaking analysis for it. He's <laughs> really, it. really good at playing the game of football. Like, he hasn't been outstanding from a fantasy perspective because he's been ha- he's had basically a true 50-50, you know, share of Correct. the carries and the targets and whatnot. But, like... You just watch him play. And, and you know, sh- honestly, shout out to Melvin Gordon. He's yes. been solid this year. He's looked good on the field. He is not the type of guy that you're just like, let it because the Broncos are doing the right thing. Let's not toss him aside because we don't have to. He's been good. But, God, Javante Williams, every time he touches the ball, he breaks like four tackles. Uh, it's just he's so good at playing football. And if he – I mean, they have one of the best schedules over the – end of this season for running the ball. Um, If not the best, I don't know if it's exactly the best, but I mean, if Melvin Gordon is banged up over this latter half of the season, Javante Williams could be in that conversation as a league winner as well. And bingo, you know, we thought about him as a league winner um, from the beginning of the season, which is why I drafted him in a couple of redraft leagues that I'm currently losing terribly because he wasn't a league winner soon enough, but um, he's been okay. He's been fine. He's, you know, for fantasy, he's been fine. Uh, You know, but you're right. The, if you extrapolate him from a 50, 50 share to a 75, 25 share, he would be, he would be dope. Um, And so, yeah, I look at him as in that spot and he may be there right now. Um, the other thing with Javante in terms of a dynasty buy right now is like he, uh, I know this sounds stupid, but it probably doesn't when I say it, he has that body that doesn't look like it'll get hurt. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't don't think that's stupid at all. You know what I mean? Raheem Mostert, you're like, yeah, probably gonna get hurt. You know what I mean? He's like long and lean and like fat. Like, no, he's going to fucking break down. But like, you look at a guy like Javante, you're like, "Mm, I'm not so sure, dude. I think you could hit him with a fucking sledgehammer and he would just be like, you know, sort of look, look at you like, what did you do, buddy? Like, he just looks rock solid. Like the, le- you know, what did I, we had one pod earlier in the year. It was called Javante ass legs or whatever. Cause he's got yeah. those, those thunder <laughs> thighs. Seriously. Like his legs oh, God, and well, ass are that all was the name. One that giant muscle. Leg. You're like, Jesus, this guy, you know, a uh, former linebacker, tough as nails, like valedictorian, you know, smart, brilliant kid. Like I am all in with Javante. You know, I would ask you this. How high is should he be? I mean, how high should he be? Like, put it this way, you know, Mixon was that fourth running back off the board. I think if you're asking me, God, I mean, I know if you're competing, I guess you'd rather have Mixon for the rest of the year. But, yeah, but in Dynasty, Mixon is- or Javante, you got to take Javante, right? In a startup, in a startup draft, if you're also taking in into consideration, draft. if you're taking into consideration costs, it's Williams pretty easy. Like, I don't even, I'm not even sure it's close because I don't want Mixon at seven overall. That's what I'm saying. Um, like, like obviously, but, like if you're drafting a team right now that has to finish the year, I understand Mixon has more value. I get that. But like, if you're doing a startup draft, that's going to start next year. No chance. I'm taking Mixon over Javante. Yeah. Because it's also it, the fact of the matter is, is like the situation is also just a good situation for Javante. Like yeah. Melvin Gordon, I believe is a pending free agent. Um, maybe Teddy Bridgewater isn't the answer, but to be honest, I don't think it matters much for Javante. Right. I think it might actually be better. Um, they have a good to solid offense and a great defense. That's how they want to play the game. Um, pending who their head coach is, I guess, but and pending who their quarterback is. I mean, yes, it, it it's, it's unlikely it gets a whole lot worse than it is right now. you right. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that's what the Panthers thought too. Oh boy. Panthers, Oof. by the way, uh, we, pfft, you know, I, you were there. Hey, 
refresh my memory. When we did our uh, mock draft, do you remember what we did, where the quarterbacks went? Because I know that we they flew off the board. And there's like we were talking. Remember we were – Oh, God. We did our mock draft and everybody had a different team and yada, yada. And like yeah. it went quarterback, 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 top three. And then I think Fields went to Detroit. Yeah, Which, I we know that pick. And then when did Lance go early? Um, like, the, do you know what I mean? Like, I guess my yeah, point I, is- I know Jamar Chase was one pick from falling to the Eagles, which tells you how many quarterbacks went in the top 10. That um, was also I because think- someone made an idiot move. Uh, someone drafted uh, someone fucked up with that. They were doing oh, something silly, but yeah, but, but, but here's the point. But regardless, like, the, the point I'm making is, yeah, I think we had either Carolina or uh, the Broncos Denver. taking Lance Lance. Yeah. And that was the end of it. That yeah. wrapped up the quarterbacks. Like we felt like that was, there was, there should have been quarterback. I guess my point is we felt like there should have been in, uh, it was quarterback thirst with Carolina and Denver and all these teams. And they, for whatever reason, didn't see it. Both now they gr- drafted good players. They got Sertan and uh, the other co- uh, cornerback that uh, hurt. Uh, I can't think of his name. The, the, the uh, dope kid. JC J- Horn. JC Horn, who was fucking awesome. He I hope was he comes awesome back. in the first. Oh, he was so really good, good. In early in the season. So good. That defense no, was. They cool. got great players, but they still won't win until they have a quarterback. And there was Mac Jones sitting right there for him. I mean, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I don't think it's hindsight when we were saying it, you know. So long story short is Denver could end up uh, getting Aaron Rodgers. I know that this is like the longest rumor I've ever heard in my life. It's been like a year now that we've been saying this, but it could very well happen, especially at the end of this year once uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, Aaron has a little bit more, you know, uh, control uh, over what happens. So I think it might happen. Who knows? So, and you know, honestly, that, don't, don't take Russell Wilson out of that conversation. That's my point. Either. There you I, go. Those that's are going to be one. the two huge chess pieces. Deshaun Watson. With an un- yeah. Especially right? with an underwhelming quarterback class. Like yeah. that, that's when you see things like that happen. And Denver is setting up to be exactly the way that they looked when they signed Peyton Manning, which is we are the literal definition of a quarterback away, a difference maker, a quarterback away. Gardner Minshew as well. Well, I think will be available. uh, Excuse me. The Philadelphia Eagles have him under contract. So, Um, no, but there are some lower level guys like that, like Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, uh, you know, there'll be some there'll be some movement and, and the quarterbacks will sort of define what happens. And I'm not sure if there's a way they can get better quarterback play. And if Melvin Gordon moves on, I think even if they have Bridgewater, Javante, I think I'd rather have Bridgewater than a lot of the names that yeah. are going to be on the market, to be honest, yeah. on this team where you have a lot of really good weapons. Another running back on in that game, the Denver Chiefs game. Clyde ah. Edwards, yeah. Hilaire, is he a possible league winner like Lord knows, I think that he's a slow, short, stodgy, unathletic player that can't compete with the elite in this league, but he is still attached to Hendy Reid and on this amazing offense. And if he can find the end zone, which he started to do a little bit, um, you know, he could be he could be a a, a big uh, fantasy point scorer down the stretch. What say you, Michael P. Duncan? I think that I would feel better about him if when they showed him on camera after a touchdown, they did like they used to do in like a bunch of movies when the guy was shorter than the girl. So they would angle it. So like he looked taller. Like, I don't think I realized how small he was. Yeah. And I knew how small he was, but God, he just looked so small. 
Um, yeah. Really beside the point. We knew he was small and slow. That was never the point. No, I don't think he's a league winner. Um, I think he'll be fine. Like, I think he's going to be a startable player yeah. throughout the rest of the season. I agree. Um, as I think he was most of last year. I yep. mean, he, he was a solid, like, RB2 basically every week because it was a good offense. The offense hasn't been as good. It's starting to figure it out, which means that he'll probably be better because of that. But Daryl Williams, I think that's the correct Williams. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's still going to have a role. Just say D. Um, Williams. It's fine. Yes, D. Williams. Yes. Um, he's still going to have a role. And I... They, I, they refuse to use Clyde Edwards Hilaire the way that I feel like he should be used, um, which is just mind boggling. I, I don't know why he doesn't get like 10 targets a game because yeah. that's the only thing he's good at. Really? It's true. It's, it's the only thing he's true. great at. I'll say that it's the only thing he's great at. And he's not that great at that, but you know, here's what I think he could do is find the end zone a few times. I, I had uh, tweeted before last year or whatever it was, you know, about the Patrick Mahomes, running backs score rushing touchdowns because they're always moving the ball into the red zone and somehow or another, whoever the dude is that's behind him scores touchdowns. It can be a myriad of dudes, but if it's Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who's in there quite often, he could find himself into a couple of two or three touchdown games with a few catches and could have some big games. And you know, that that's my sort of thought on Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I, I, everybody knows I don't quite think he's the player that uh, you know, some, uh, analyst thought and clearly the chiefs thought because they passed on which now seems fucking ridiculous and i was right you know i remember sending the tweet like when they drafted hilaire i literally put laughing emojis and i put i just listed the four backs i said jt swift dobbins acres laughing emojis and people are like oh they know what they're doing you think you're smarter than andy reed turns out yes apparently i was fucking smarter than andy reed as was many others it's not like i'm the only one but god I, that, that's such a tired thing. Like, obviously, Andy Reid knows. Obviously, he fucking didn't, apparently. So, anyway, that that is that is a one argument. I'm glad to have won it. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm very modest, you know, which is a good thing. Hey, As is, always. Is, is Patrick Mahomes still the QB1 in Dynasty? Yeah. Okay. I, I think that's the end of the conversation. Okay. Like, I... Quarterbacks are going to have rough years. They're going to have rough stretches. It's going to happen to all of them. But, like, the dude signed, like, a billion-dollar contract. Uh, he's on a really good – he's a, with a great franchise connected to one of the greatest coaches of all time, probably one of the best offensive minds of all time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, he's – Tyreek Hill is still alive. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, Travis Kelsey is still the tight end one Yep. Uh, for another year. Um, but, yeah, I just – I mean, his longevity alone paired with his incredible talent and situation make it very hard for me to put anyone above him. How unstoppable would the Kansas City Chiefs offense be if their running back was Jonathan Taylor? It'd be ridiculous, but to be honest, I think it'd be better with DeAndre Swift. I well, and I that's said not, that. That's not a knock on Taylor, but every time you give the ball to Jonathan Taylor, you're taking it out of the hands of Patrick Mahomes. I said that on draft night. I thought I said that. I didn't. I felt like Jonathan Taylor was the best back in the draft. I've said that yep. obviously, but I on draft night I said, why why would you draft Clyde Edwards-Helaire when DeAndre Swift is available? Yep. Like if you want that thing, obviously DeAndre Swift was better than fucking Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Like what the fuck are you talking about? Like, this was so obvious. Like, it just didn't make any sense to me. I just never understood it. 
And why buy the store brand? Right. Coca Cola is directly next to it. Yes. It, yeah, but I no, no. But I want to pay. But like, I want to pay full price. I want to pay full yeah. price. It's like, the, yeah, I will take this. Uh, you know, uh, Fanta red Cola. Yeah. But uh, I, I no, I want to pay. You know, whatever Coca Cola costs because I want to respect that. Yes. You know, company. Like, no, yes. Stop. Yes. Absolute nonsense. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of better quarterback play next season. For Javante, it really comes down to like the 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 weapons there, and I feel like you know Sutton just signed, which was kind of surprising on the heels of very the, very odd, right? Uh, Patrick time. signed, like I was like, I love Tim Patrick, and I love I that they signed him, but I still think it's kind of weird because they have Judy, they have Fant, they have Albert O, they have Hamler even, and not to say that those guys are better or whatever than Hamler. Sutton and Patrick. I'm just saying, like, wow. You know, they, they invested. So it's interesting. I feel like they are positioning for something, uh, but they're spending a lot of money on weapons. I mean, are we expecting just them for, for them to upgrade that quarterback position next year? And and what are you doing with these weapons? Because I think right now, like Sutton's at his lowest point ever. Fant's at his lowest point ever. Judy has been hurt and kind of coming back slow. And not everybody's super excited about him. I think the signing of Patrick and Sutton, uh, squash the value of Judy. I feel like they're all buys. What do you feel? Uh, it's the age old question. Um, Chicken I or egg? Think, I honestly, I think Tim Patrick is the best buy I love because Tim no one's going to ever value him the way that he should. Even you and I are probably not valuing Tim Patrick the way that he should. Correct. I guarantee you he's probably only like 50% owned in Yahoo. Um, and it's just like it, it, even in like Scott Fishbowl, he went undrafted most yeah. of the time. Like that, that's a deep draft. Um, Did but he really? I, I picked him off off waivers after that's week one. That's crazy. Um, I mean, obviously not in every league, but. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if Cortland Sutton is a buy, to be honest. Um, I think, I don't know that I like that he's tied to Denver long-term. Um, this was actually something that we, uh, this is something we talked about on uh playbook. Like his numbers are not really that impressive. And even when you look back at 20, uh, 2019, which was, I, I think more or less his breakout year, it's, it was kind of like that first step in a breakout where it's like, we're finally seeing it now next year is going to be the year. And then right. he gets injured and it's like, that sucks. Yeah, I guess he's kind of coming back from injury. I, I don't really like that excuse with him necessarily, but then they have Jerry Judy. Tim Patrick is there. Noah Fant is there. I mean, even the best, like, if you're telling me Aaron Rodgers goes there, you're guaranteeing me it, sure, I'll buy Corton Sutton. Yeah. Other than that, like, I like Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's a very good NFL quarterback. I don't know if I can trust him to make that many pieces be that relevant. I would rather buy KJ Hamler at his price than Cortland Sutton at his. Oh, uh, KJ Hamler, flush him, throw him off the bridge. No, Although, if you no. threw him off the bridge, he would float to the bottom like a feather because he's so fucking Stop small. Stop it! He wouldn't plunge Leave into the water. He would just KJ fucking KJ Hamler alone. You know, doing that thing with my hand where it goes back and forth. You know, I'm gonna like mute feather. you during this section. It's just gonna be me <laughs> singing a song about KJ Hamler instead. KJ fucking feather. I love KJ Hamler. Do you know that he has he bought a higher apartment in Denver, like physically higher, because he was scared of bears i mean that is my favorite kj hamler story and i will love him forever because of it that is the second time this week i got to talk about him and i'm thrilled it's as if he's living in a yurt i'm pretty sure his fucking place has a lock on it like what's a bear gonna do a bear's not a bear doesn't give a shit about locks they don't yeah 
if they want to get in that door, they're breaking through the lock. But obviously, they mo- they're mostly friendly. But they're not going up. They're not going up to the high apartments. They're starting at the low ones. And by that point, they're you full. know that there's a bear breaking into apartments. Well, they're full too. At that point, well, they've yeah. eaten the old lady in two B. You know what I mean? Exactly. She's, and they're yeah. probably going to hibernation. So yeah, yeah, yeah they're good. But I agree with that logic. That reasoning is completely sound. KJ Hamler I mean, is a buy, gonna... probably a future league winner. I mean, I don't know if I agree with your police work here, but I'm going to be okay with it. Hey, um, <laughs> the the KJ Hamler bear story and me throwing him <laughs> off a bridge and him falling into the water like a feather, I think is a really good bow to tie on this fucking episode. But um, I need to play a little this or that all right, to finish it off because, first of all, the people like it. I like it. and it's And it's fun. But also really hard. It's really hard. So I want to play with said Tim Patrick. Oh, Lord. So are we talking Dynasty? Dynasty, Tim Patrick. All right. I am by far the highest on Tim Patrick in uh, the Undroppables sort of uh, group of rankers. I've got him at uh, wide receiver 49. It's no one respects Tim Patrick. Even the people that respect Tim Patrick don't respect Tim Patrick. (laughs) Now, I have copious amounts of Tim Patrick in Dynasty. So do I. Because he's always free. Yeah, he's always free, and you you don't need to sell him for anything because he's never going to net you anything. But yet, when you put him in your lineup, he gets you 10 fantasy points. And you're like, no, look at that, 10. I have have leagues where I've started him literally. He might be my most rostered and most started player in all of fantasy. That's interesting. Me too, maybe too. I'm with you. I fucking have a lot of Tim Patrick. You know, the problem is I have a lot of Patrick and Sutton in a lot of teams. And, you know, Patrick, I felt like, was kind of the handcuff to Sutton. Like if Sutton were hurt, Patrick's the guy, right? Now it just turned out that yep. they were smart enough to play them both at the same time. They cannibalize each each other a little tiny bit. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, I'll put you right to the test. I'll put you right to the test. So we're saying like a one-to-one trade, not like including price or anything. Just a No, no. Yes. Trade. Like legitimately, who do you prefer right. in Dynasty right now? Like you're on the clock or you own one player and someone offers you a trade for the other are you which fucking side are you keeping or taking what are you taking if it's one for one you can have one or the other this or that who do you got all right i can see i'm moving somebody up i'm not even gonna ask that one because it's ridiculous are you ready i'm ready van jefferson tim patrick Mm. here's a good one brandon cooks brandon cooks there you go yeah that's that's easy okay Jacoby Myers. Tim Patrick. Emmanuel Sanders. Tim Patrick. Tyler Boyd. That is a really good one. (laughs) Yeah. That's a really good one. Do you have any clue what his contract situation is? I don't have it in front of me. Uh, I'm going to go Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I think that's the right answer, but that is a good one, right? Because they're they like are, both that like third option, and yeah, I'd say I, I think I think Tim Patrick is a little more of a third than the third option than Tyler Boyd is, but Tyler Boyd has like a better weekly upside, and if one of the guys gets injured, then the upside is way higher. I put think. it put it this way: I have them like two spots apart. I have Tyler Boyd that's ahead, perfect. but like, yep. but here's the here's the here's the real dynasty game three takeaway. My two competitive, my two other rankers have them thirty point thirty spots a, a, a apart. You know, Tyler Boyd way ahead of Tim Patrick. And what I would say is that I would make that trade 
I would give up Tyler Boyd for Tim Patrick plus. Yep. You know, and you that's, get that's the second, thing about these yeah, trades. Yeah, is you can al- you can almost always get Tim Patrick plus for yes. any of these players. Like Lavisca Chenault. I'm gonna go with Lavisca there. Yeah, I know it's. I, I, yeah, because I still believe in Trevor Lawrence, and I think event. I, I'm. I'm just honestly, I'm hoping Urban Meyer leaves. You, do you want one I, that's gonna hurt your feelings? Of course, Jalen Rager. Oh, oh my God! It's Tim Patrick, and it's not even close. Yeah, you'd make the trade if you were the Eagles too. Oh my God! In a heartbeat, <laughs> of course. Oh, oh my! God. I, honestly, so I sad. think I would trade Jalen Rager for a sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> I would cut him. So yeah, he's in there. You know, like okay, here's a here's one that sounds stupid, but I'm not sure. Odell Beckham. Wow, that is painful. It sounds um, stupid, but it's no, actually but not. You're, I mean, who would you have rather had over the past two years? It's Tim Patrick, <laughs> right. and it's not even close. No, of course not. But like going forward, I mean, Odell just got um, some targets. He's on a great offense. I mean, I feel like it's Odell, but it's yeah, not it's crazy. Probably Odell, because I think that he will be relevant through the end of the season. And I think there's a decent chance he goes somewhere where he'll at least get targets. Like I, it's mainly because I think eventually I can trade Odell Beckham for more. I think that is what. Yeah. That's why I side with Odell Beckham. T- Terrace Marshall. Fuck. Tim that, Patrick. That hurts my feelings a little bit. That. But like God, because would you ever trade? Like, would you ever trade a, a an early second round pick for Tim Patrick? Right, that's my point. That's why I asked the Rager. That, that's what hurts. Yeah. Terrace Marshall. That's oh, exactly I mean Rager right. was like a. He was a late. I know, like but you know first. what I mean. Like those. That's exactly right. I'm with but you. But yeah, no, yeah. Because if if you would ask me that if if you would ask me before the draft the pick where Terrace Marshall went for Tim Patrick, fucking Terrace Marshall. Yeah, like yeah. by a slam amount. But now here we are. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's not even like that's. I don't really even see that as an insult to Terrace Marshall. Like, no, I, I never liked the landing spot, and I always had questions about him in general. That's another um, one where quarterback play just has to get better in order for him yeah. to be successful yes. at all. Period. I yeah. mean, you go from Sam Darnold to Cam Newton, it's really bad, and they misplayed that hand in Carolina, and it's cost them. Oh boy, it's cost them. So hopefully next year you get you know you get McCaffrey back. You, you hopefully Walker. get you know DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall in year two, and. I mean, you need a few other pieces Robbie on the Anderson offensive was line. Resigned. I know, isn't that crazy? That's yeah, like that, that's the thing. Talent can overcome situation. I mean, that's the AJ Brown paradox, but he's not AJ Brown. All right, I got another couple quick couple quick ones because I think you know there's some stuff that's happening. So, you know, Jalen Waddle has been amazing and he's skyrocketing up the yep. board. And I'm curious how far up you would start to take uh Jalen Waddle. So I'm going to ask you a couple, all right? Okay. Jalen Waddle or T Higgins in Dynasty? Um It's probably Waddle. I think so. I have got and, him behind and him and, and I'm, I'm like, mm. I like they are uh, they might be like right next cuz I feel like I'm higher than most on T Higgins and I'm lower than most on Waddle. But I think I need to start reevaluating my Waddle. So I th- I think it's probably Waddle. Yeah, Waddle's been great. I mean, I think that the uh, Miami Dolphins got a win in in the in the player who is Jalen Waddle, but they take yep. a gigantic fucking oh L God. for making the deal for Waddle, even in hindsight 
absolute yeah, fucking would hell. You, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm saying that as an Eagles fan who currently has their first-round yeah. pick because they preferred Jalen Waddell over Devontae Smith that Correct. much. I still yeah. think Devontae Smith is a better player. Yeah, it's close. I mean, because Waddle yeah, is really fucking good. But it's really close enough that you're not, you're not doing one plus a first for the no, other, no, 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 in no. either direction. No, so. no, no, no. Yeah, take the first all day long plus either. You give me you give yeah. me whatever the fuck one you want. Yeah, 100%. That yeah, was like point. if I'm the Eagles and it was if they offered me, you know, Jalen Waddle and a first for Devonta Smith, I'm sure. probably doing whatever, that. Whatever, whatever the fuck you want. You take the one you want, give me the first. Of course, it's the yep. stupidest fucking, yeah. So they, they, they lose that, but they did win with the player. So congratulations. Yes. Like, here you go. Jalen Waddle or Calvin Ridley? Jalen Waddle. What are we doing with Calvin Ridley? Like, I've seen some trades. I think I'm buying. Oh yeah, I'm buying. And 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 again, I don't think that's I, I I'm I, I don't it's not because I'm down on Calvin Ridley so much as I think it might be a a year or two before he really recoups his value to the player that he is because Matt Ryan is only getting older. That offense really doesn't look like it's getting fixed anytime soon. Um, if only they ever had a chance to get a player like, uh, I don't know, like a, uh, like, no, but like, you know, like a guy, like, um, I don't know. What do you want to say? Like Justin Fields, Mac Jones, if they ever had a shot, have like a, like a top four pick and a really loaded quarterback draft, you know what I mean? Class. When are they going to see that again? That's the problem is like, you know, yeah, it's, it's just, I mean, you just got to hope and pray someday you get that shot to take that pick. But you know, it's hard. I mean, the Patriots obviously did when they were, you know, they, what they go two and 11 and end up with that second overall third, whatever they were to yep. get Mac Jones. Yep. You know, it's just lucky. That's all. It's just lucky. Um, all right. Uh, Michael Pittman or Jalen Waddle? Michael Pittman. Okay. So how high that's, are that's really close though. Okay. Okay. Cause you said it quickly. I'm like, I just, cause I really like Michael Pittman. Uh, Devonte Smith or Jalen Waddle? Devonta Smith. Devonte Smith or Michael Pittman? Devonta Smith. Okay. But wow, they might be three they might be like three in a row right there. Yeah. Um, and I might already be reconsidering Waddle over Pittman. The tough part is I re- and I think part of the reason I'm I'm starting to like Waddle more is I, I like Tua. I, I I've Me kind too. of been on I've been in on Tua since the offseason. It didn't look great during the season at points, but I think Tua's playing well. I think he's a good quarterback. It's a shame that they're always going to be in the Deshaun Hunt, uh Deshaun Hunt. Um <laughs> Deshaun Hunt and, Watson's. But yeah. Yeah, I I I meant to say his last name, so I just repeated it without his last name again. That's but. right. But but so let me ask you this, because I was I did ask Bob in the you know, the lost uh the lost pod, but uh you know, he had Mac quite a bit higher and I I didn't necessarily agree with him, but that's okay. But what I what I was gonna ask him was like Mac Jones or Tua in Dynasty, I've got them back to back, and I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting that they're tied that close to one another, and their values are that close to one another. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's Tua. It's I, I don't. I don't. I don't even think they're back to back with me because I think Tua has rushing upside. Um, he, he, not rushing upside, a rushing floor that Mac Jones will probably never have. Um, and we've just seen him like really explode for fantasy. Like he's been really pretty good for fantasy for most starts this year. Um, I don't know. And maybe being tied to Jalen Waddle is that good of a thing. I mean, Mac Jones doesn't, he doesn't have a Jalen Waddle. Um, well, here's the thing. Cause I've got like, I've got, so I, I think I said this in the, uh, in the lead up to the draft, you know, you heard a lot of my pods, whether you liked it or not. And one thing that I would say is that there's two types of evaluations that you have to make is one is how good a fantasy player will a guy be if he's successful Trey Lance, right? If like yeah. Trey Lance hits, 
he's oh, a he's fucking QB1. top five fucking quarterback. Like if he hits, he's great. If Mac Jones hits, he's you know he's all right. He's middle yeah. of the road. He's a borderline he's exactly QB one two. Spent like thirty yeah. minutes talking about exactly right. So right. Yeah. So but then there's the other side of that, which is what are the odds that they're good? Okay. Yes. So I'm going to ask you, being a Philly fan. Yep. You have knowledge of what a winner looks like. Have it, after having watched Ben Simmons, you know exactly what a winner looks like. You know, I was really curious. There were so many directions mm. you could have gone with that, and you went <sighs> in the one way I did not see coming. Even though we talked about Ben Simmons Boom. before the pod Fucking started, nailed him. I was expecting. You know what you I mean? Know. You like you see Ben Simmons, you just see that winning fucking edge, you know, and you're like, it's boom, the mentality. I yeah. see it. I can fucking spot it anywhere, type of thing, you know, mm. right? It's like Ben Simmons, Tom Brady, same fucking thing. You know what I mean? We have that same. This is unnecessary. It's the same type of thing. So it's going to hurt even worse. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, who threw up an absolute stinker this past week, is like clearly a fucking dope fantasy quarterback. The question I'm having and continue to have is, 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 is centers around the questions like, does Philly think he's the guy? Is he the guy? Can he throw on time and on target? Can he process information? Can he be successful in the NFL enough to keep his job? Never mind to be said. Tim Tebow was a great, you know, I'm not comparing him to Tim Tebow, but you know what I mean? Like he was great. Like you put Tim Tebow on the field, he's going to be a great fantasy player, but nobody fucking liked him and he lost his job and he's out of the league. I, w- I will give Tim Tebow a little bit of credit. He lost his job to Peyton Manning. Yeah. <laughs> Like if uh, I could sign Peyton Manning, I don't think it matters. I, yeah. I literally Andy Reid had Donovan McNabb, and he there was there was a, a, a to, report to be that he fair, he, Peyton Manning. He, he lost his job to the cardboard cutout of Peyton Manning. But um, hey, hey, no, <laughs> he had an MVP. I know he season. did. He did. But Jalen Hurts now is scaring me, not because I don't know. I clearly see what he is as a fantasy player. Is he going to hold on to his job there? Like, like I mean, Tua or Jalen Hurts in Dynasty. That is literally something I stared down in, I think, every startup draft that I did in the offseason. Yeah. Um, I ended up with both in yeah. a lot of places. But I'm talking about right now. Not helpful. Right now. Um, yeah, I know I'm stalling while I'm trying to I know to you are. Answer. And I'll um, continue to talk about how shitty Ben Simmons is. Okay. Well, Let me ask we you this question. Yeah, what, if, right. what, if, what if Ben Simmons, what if they, like, whenever the road trip is, they, there's a five-game road trip. What if... They just let Ben Simmons play, not in front of the home crowd. And like, he ends up being like good. And he's like putting up 28 and eight for like three or four games on a West coast road trip. And then he comes back and he's in the lineup at home. How do you think it goes? Oh, he's getting booed. He's getting booed no matter what. This is Philadelphia. Yeah, I know, right? We're it's- not forgetting shit. <laughs> this man, look, and I. so I, I listen to a bunch of Sixers podcasts, so this is going to be like a, a two-minute rant at most, but I, I, I have I, I have basically, I, I have accepted the only possible way that he could walk into the Wells Fargo Center and not get booed in his first game back is if he went on national television, held a press conference, fired his agent live on television, <laughs> ripped open his shirt to reveal a Dallas sucks tattoo, and then flips off the cameras, says fly Eagles fly, and then walks onto the court for the game. Yeah. Like that is the that one scenario. Yeah, that might do it. It will take that level of pandering. Yeah. We don't give a shit if he's good at basketball. At yeah, this like point. if he's got, if a, he's got a hostage fan. tape of Jerry Jones or something. 
Yeah, like I, I am a, I I'm it. about as big of a Ben Simmons fan as there is. We do not care what he looks like on the court anymore because he has attacked every part of Philadelphia and our team that he could possibly attack. Yeah. And we won't forget, we're not Utah. Yeah. Like, we give a shit and I we know. have a very long memory. What's interesting so, is, of course, he has no trade value because nobody none. wants this thing. And they know that you guys can't ever play him again. And that's why I'm wondering if, like, if, like, if he could play, first of all, he could actually help you. He's actually a good player. I mean, we all know he's he a good player. A good, but he's he a, is a good player. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like he is yeah, a yeah. good player. He's he's probably misused in a lot of ways, but like they could really use a guy like Ben Simmons. Like, like we're, if, the slow, we're one of the slowest teams in the league. If only we had a six foot ten athletic point guard that yeah. also is really good at passing. That is the one thing And, and honestly, he would be more wisely used as like Draymond Green rather I than don't, I disagree with you completely. As Magic I don't, Johnson. I don't Magic Johnson, yes. I, di- I don't like the Draymond comparisons. Magic mm. Johnson is the closest comparison. The only difference being that Magic Johnson didn't have to shoot in the era that he was in. Also, Magic wasn't a gigantic pussy. You got to remember that. Well, too. oh, well, yeah. A whole different problem <laughs> is his attitude and the way that he handles yes. it, he, his mental health. He like, did this at LSU, too, right? Like, he went there and was like, nah, yeah. I don't want to play. I don't care. Don't really blame him for that. I'm going to be honest. We see that in players all I'm the just time. Saying, like, played at LSU. Like, I'm just saying, Michael Jordan wouldn't have gone to LSU and put up a bitch fest like you know a lot of guys would have gone there and competed John Morant wouldn't have gone there and been like yeah but I don't know my foot hurts or whatever like he is kind of a gigantic you know oh I mean like it really is his attitude is very very weak I mean so anyway anyway because you know the winner like that I'm just wondering what you think of this trade uh Jalen Hurts does he uh does he continue as a Philadelphia quarterback into 2022 so one I think it depends on if we can trade for Russell Wilson um, I don't think we have a shot at signing Aaron Rodgers in free agency, but I, there is a Howie Roseman's uh, white whale is Russell Wilson. Mm. The long story thing for every Philadelphia fan is the fact that Howie Roseman and Andy Reid thought they were guaranteed to be able to draft Russell Wilson in the fourth round of that draft in 2012. We did not because the Seahawks took him in the third. We took Nick Foles. It's fine. One of them has a massive no, penis, yes. and it's not Russell Wilson. Right, exactly. Um, but if Howie Roseman <laughs> can make a trade with our three first-round picks for Russell Wilson, he will do that, and Jalen Hurts will be out of a job. It's that plain and simple. I just, I, I'm a thousand percent confident in that. If that is possible, if that's not possible, I think that there's a good chance that Jalen Hurts is the quarterback for another year. But honestly, I don't know what it will take to convince this front office that he is able. And likely, like that, they would feel comfortable signing him to a franchise level deal, which in a couple of years they will have to do. I think the most likely thing is they just kind of roll with him on his rookie contract and see what happens. Like, I mean, you're that's about not as hesitant answer. to answer this question as Ben Simmons is to take a three pointer. This is about as bad. Oh, he's he's not I, hesitant. <laughs> he, he he was not doing it. I'm I'll only, answer the question. He's not I'm taking three pointer. I'm only teasing. I'm only teasing. You know, I just had to fold Ben Simmons back into the coffin, yeah, take him out again, and beat him once more. You know, um, it is. It's okay. It's all right. You guys are. You know, you guys are probably going to win the title. I'm sure. No, don't know oh, yeah. about it. I, I'll, I'll say this. I'll, I'll end with this. In certain cities with certain teams, Jalen Hurts would probably be like right below a franchise quarterback. I bet he gets a second contract and he's there for long enough that he really is a dynasty asset. Yeah. That won't be Philly because we are a quarterback factory and we drafted a second round quarterback 
directly after signing one uh, second overall pick to a massive franchise quarterback deal. Like, yeah. how he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. If he doesn't think that he has, if he's not a thousand percent sure he has a franchise quarterback and he sees one, he's going to get it. And that is where it's really, really tough. Here, I'll to put, I'll put, I'll put, I'll value. put Michael P. Duncan, Michael P. Duncan on the spot right here right. on the undrafted pod. I want a one word answer and it cannot be fuck you. Well, that's two words. So exactly. That's why it can't be that. It can't be that. It could be, I mean, just, I mean you know, you I'll get, you, you got to figure this out. Okay. In dynasty. Yep. Who do you want? Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts? Are we talking if we did a startup draft right now? <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah. Okay. You got to pick one name out, of, one guy for in Dynasty. I mean, Wentz. I ne- holy shit. Yeah, I have Wentz ahead of Hertz right now, and it's not because of Hertz's yeah. performances. Because I think now Carson Wentz has a more job security. Oh yeah, I don't think it's close for job security, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's Indiana, super close, I, but it's not so oh, super close oh, yeah, in job sorry. security. Yeah, yeah, I'm. It's not close for job security. Literally, I think in every startup draft that I did this offseason, I ended up with three quarterbacks more than any. They were Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts, and Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah. Those were the three because they were all drafted in that fourth to fifth round in Superflex. Leagues after those top tiers, and I was able I, – I have all three of them in multiple leagues. Do you know Do you know what my three were? It was no, I don't. Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins, and Carson Wentz. Yeah, that makes sense. Tom uh, for- Brady was going outside the top 20 dynasty quarterbacks going into this season. That didn't, that never happened to me. That I, I was always surprised by how early he was going in, in my startup Click um, the button. And the, Kirk, Kirk and Matt Ryan too. Like they were all ahead of these three guys, which I find very surprising. Yeah, Matt Ryan, again, I did not want any part of that. No, that one I was fucking, he's off the bridge. No. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Throw I, again, his ass like, off. Yeah. yeah. If and, he's free, sure. But, yeah, Atlanta should have thrown him off the bridge, too. They fucked up. Probably. Speaking of fucking up, this show is over. Uh, we are so happy. Michael, everybody knows where to find you. You're right here on this damn pod. I mean, I right but MP Duncan, some sort of number is what he is at Twitter. What is your number? At MP Duncan 75. <laughs> 75 like i'm supposed to remember that was, a number. Great, that was a great plug at thank, uh, you, thank you at mp duncan some sort of digits 75 75 75 like who's that stand for what's it what's 75 uh they were my two favorite numbers growing up i don't have a good reason okay. it was my first my first fucking email is mp duncan 75 all right well everybody everybody school. email all the, the you know at gmail at it must be yahoo or at aol no just, it's it's gmail actually well actually it's verizon but yeah just the send them email mp duncan how much you love them michael p duncan thanks for filling in on the last show i'm gonna give a special thanks to bob gilchrist who you know just somewhere out there there's this you know this recording that just never made anywhere it's just out there there's these fire takes about the new england patriots going into the buffalo bills and winning 27 to 20 i will tell you that was the pick so if bob gilchrist is right he's a genius i said 20 whatever i said 23 22 and this one said 14 13 the 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 table breakers but we are so excited it's gonna be a great time hope you guys like the show certainly short notice me and michael everybody give michael a round of applause he did great thank you so much so, on behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, on behalf of everybody at the Undropples, on behalf of my guest 
and the greatest producer and the biggest Ben Simmons fan all in the land. At this point, that might be true. That might be true. Michael P. Duncan. I am Jax Falcone, and we are out. Out.